0: Well this book uh, came about almost as an accident because I was actually engaged in writing the third part of my trilogy that is called Krishna Parameshwara after having uh, written the first two parts and those parts are done quite well and I was uh, writing with Bloomsbury then suddenly I got a call from uh, the editor uh, who said that can you do this Uh, because I have seen a lot of your articles which have been very popular Uh, In fact, one of my articles had done almost a a million views uh, on the subject immediately after the annulment of uh, Article 370, or rather what I like to call it, the nullification of Article 370, because Article 370 is technically not repealed. Uh, It it still exists uh, in the Constitution of India. The only thing is that it reads, what it reads is completely different from what it used to read earlier. It now simply reads that. That all the articles of this constitution shall be applicable to the state uh, to the uh, state of Jammu and Kashmir. I don't know whether it is state or uh, union territory of Jammu and Kashmir. Uh, well, that's what it says now. So um, that technically makes it impossible for anyone to uh, reintroduce Article 370 because. You have to go through the amendment process if you want to reintroduce Article 370 into the constitution and the poor people who keep demanding restoration of Article 370, maybe they don't realize that, or maybe they think that even if they say it, the people will not realize it. So uh, that's how this uh, whole narrative is unfolding now. Now, Why I thought uh, it was important at that point, uh, of course I was telling you the Bloomsbury called me and they wanted me to write it very quickly. They gave me a month and a half to write it and well uh, I was able to do it in 20 days. (laughs) I uh, wrote this book flat in 20 days. I was working about uh, eight hours a day and uh, that was of course I was also working For the government at that time and uh, i was working uh, about eight hours a day and i finished it in 20 days and i gave it to them and uh, i think a few days only about a week after that uh, i think we were struck by corona (laughs) and everything stopped so all that uh, extra endeavor and that extra effort that i put in uh, all, all that came to naught. north, so everybody got relaxed and then finally the book uh, was uh, proofread and completed uh, only around August. And in September, I think September first week, they put it, uh, they listed it on Amazon and they gave it a date of release. Uh, I don't remember what the date of release was, probably was, was in October. No, sorry, the date of release was in September, it was listed in July and uh, then what happened was that uh, bloomsbury did something very funny they deplatformed that book called delhi rats uh, on the day of the, its launch and i took offense to that and i gave them uh, 24 hours notice i said that if you don't undo this because i will not permit this uh, white man's burden to indian writers uh, just because uh, Somebody like William Darryl Limple and uh, his cohorts have taken offense to it and they object to certain things or certain individuals uh, being present in the launch. And if you do this, then I will withdraw my book. Well, they thought I was uh, just doing what is called Gidal Bhakti, but they didn't do it and I withdrew my book. So that uh, actually resulted in a delay then because I then gave it to uh, Garula Prakashan to uh, relaunch it. and. It was finally launched in December. Uh, the good thing or the fortunate thing about this book is that uh, it's been in the public space for uh, nearly nine months and there hasn't been a week during this nine month when it has not been uh, with the tag of number one bestseller at least on Amazon. So I was actually amazed by the response that we got. The book was, as I've actually mentioned in my preface, I said that it is not meant for the scholar, but uh, the scholars seem to be finding it, uh, uh, I think there are more scholars approving this than uh, otherwise because of the number of references and the number of facts that have been given. And uh, uh, I haven't actually got any kind of rebuttal on this except for some people just saying that okay you know loosely condemning it without saying anything but that of course that doesn't count for uh, an opinion i trace this uh, back to in fact I, it is it is in two parts there is the nullification of article 370 and there is the Uh, enactment of CAA. But of course, uh, I regret to say that uh, the CAA uh, still remains unfinished agenda because they have not implemented it. And it was something what they did, they backed the U-turn that they did in Shaheen Bhav actually fits the pattern that gangster's method of politics. And uh, uh, in the very first chapter, I quoted uh, uh, one of the rare intellectuals uh, in the RSS, H. A. V. C. Shadri. he wrote a book uh, that is called The Tragic Story of Partition. And in that tragic story of partition, of course he blamed most of it on the Congress. And uh, he said something that uh, I think I must read out from here. And that kind of uh, defines the, complete discourse of what we call the Muslim politics. And it was fittingly or (laughs) very, very, I I should say, ironically, it was reproduced by Sitaram Goelji, uh, whom the RSS doesn't like at all. And he's uh, wrote a book called Muslim separatism causes and consequences came out in 1995. to to start with, we want to take up what we consider to be its most important contribution, namely the unraveling of two behavior patterns. It's talking about pre-independence politics. Muslim and national, which collaborated closely for years and precipitated partition in the final round. The Muslim behavior pattern was characterized by acrimony, accusations, complaints, demands, denunciations, and street riots. I think that this is the most important part of the book. It sets the tone. I'll repeat it. The Muslim behavior pattern was characterized by acrimony, accusations, complaints, demands, denunciations, and street riots. This is Sri H. V. Sechadri being quoted by Sri Sitaram Goyal. Then he says the national behavior pattern, on the other hand, was characterized by acquiescence, assent, cajolery, concessions, cowardice, self-reproach and surrender. Now, when I wrote this at that time, I did not realize that this will come to pass uh, so soon. Uh, it happened during CAA, where you found the uh, almost, uh, it's it's unsaid, but the surrender is there. It is not complete as yet because uh, it is still hanging, but we know that the rules of the CAA have not come out. And uh, it's going to be nearly two years. I think in two months from now, it will be two years to the uh, Act, this uh, Citizenship Amendment Act and uh, the rules are yet to be written so this is again i should say that's another tribute to the gangster's method of politics which dr ambedkar so applauded i should say he, he said that very clearly and uh, uh, of course this uh, first part is on uh, caa and the second part is on uh, uh Article 370. And Article 3CAA, I took the entire background of the partition politics, and the number of facts which have not been uh, brought into common knowledge, and which people are confused about because the history, even of the modern history, modern Indian history, even the history of independence has been whitewashed, simple thing like the non cooperation movement. The non-cooperation movement is said to have been launched by Mahatma Gandhi and by the Indian National Congress. The fact is very different. The fact is that the non-cooperation movement was launched by the Khilafat Committee on the 1st of August, 1920. And Congress joined it formally after a CWC meeting on I think 12th or 13th September. So this whole independence movement uh, uh, baloney that uh, they talk about and they uh, give all the credit to the Indian international Congress and to Mahatma Gandhi is framed in this fact that uh, Congress was merely hopping to a cause which they thought or rather Mahatma Gandhi thought would make him popular among masses and would cement his position in the Congress. So i have characterized this as an opportunistic project and not a national project you may differ with me but that's my take because the facts speak like this and we see that we see that when mopla uprising is the mopla massacre as we know it now happened then uh, something like 10000 hindus were massacred the non-cooperation movement was not called off. But when 22 British soldiers, out of which about uh, uh, 11 or 12 happened to be Muslims, they got killed by a mob, which was again a mixed mob. It wasn't a Hindu mob as such. It was again a mixed mob. Then he called it off. So that uh, I, again, I consider uh, a complete exercise in chicanery and a complete exercise in hypocrisy and something that uh, was probably happening as if being commanded by somebody else. And in this also we have seen, I've brought out very clearly as to what effect it finally had on the, uh, on bringing about the partition of India and all those kind of details are there if i start talking about it i think it will take the better part of three four hours so i will leave it at that i will just presume that a lot of people would have read the book a lot of people who are present here would have read the book and then uh, those questions can come article 370 of course and again i flagged this uh, entire business of uh, how article 370 came about uh, the entire background of the seven exoduses. In fact, uh, five of them had happened before independence. The latest one which had happened was actually in 1931, when uh, there was a riot by the Muslims in Srinagar, very much within the Dogra rule. that became the cause of the fifth exodus. Not very many people know it. And uh, then, of course, the sixth exodus started after Shaykh Allah took over and seventh, of course, we know very well, 1989 90 uh, I think almost everybody knows the seventh exodus. That was only the seventh one. And I have chronicled the entire history starting from, uh, in, in one chapter, I have encapsulated that history. From Lalita Ditya Mukta Peer to Shahmeer to you know, all the other tyrants, including Sikandar butchkan and uh, <clears throat> The the Durrani Empire, the Aurangzeb, uh, before that Aurangzeb, and all that. Then I have uh, actually talked about the basic problem that uh, the, the schizophrenia that uh, the Indian state faced after the independence. And on the one hand, they rejected the two nation theory. On the other hand, they succumbed to Jinnah, conceded partition. If they were actually rejecting the two-nation theory, they, they uh, did not really, uh, they did not really, I should say, uh, stand for their conviction at that point of time. And then next, even after the transfer of power had happened, even then in 1950, they, especially Pandit Nehru, got blackmailed by Sheikh Abdullah so beautifully. In fact, throughout his uh, 17 years as Prime Minister, he uh, exhibited a kind of naivety that is uh, rare among uh, top leaders. Uh, And uh, he actually conceded the two-nation theory in practice in Kashmir. Then after that, of course, I've chronicled a lot of facts. I've also gone through the entire uh, legal edifice that was built to protect 370 and that ultimately became the uh, tool through which the article 370 was finally nullified. And uh, then of course, I have reflected on the general history of the, the Muslim politics in India right from the beginning of the islamic rule i have touched upon the myth of the peaceful sufi i have touched upon the rule of the elite within the muslim community that uh, makes most of the masses as the slave of the elites and i've also pointed out why the Indian state is not able to deal with this problem precisely because they keep addressing the same way as the Congress has kept addressing it pre independence. So, so I think that's a short introduction.
1: So, my question is: you have in Chapter 3, movement and Malabar killings. कादरी तारिक एंड अली मुसलियार इन्होंने बहुत ज्यादा हेटर्ड फैलाई थी तो क्या इनके रेजिस्टेंस में किसी हिंदू लीडर ने भी कोई सामने आया था क्या
0: आपको आश्वर्य होगा जानकर कि ये जो आपके जो अली मुसलियार और साथ में दूसरे जो पंजाब आजी जो थे ये और कांग्रेस वाले जब ये मेरे से अगस्त को ये नरसंहार शुरू हुआ था एरनाड एरिया में उसके पहले तक तो दोनों साथ साथ कैंपेन कर रहे थे आप ये देखिए कि मूर्खता की पराकाष्ठा क्या हो सकती है कि उनको ये पता ही नहीं था कि इनका ध्येय क्या है वो भारत की स्वतंत्रता के लिए आंदोलन कर रहे थे और उनके साथी जो थे वहाँ पर जो बहुतायत में थे वो खलाफत के लिए आंदोलन कर रहे थे उनको ये aur wo soch rahe the ke saab jab khilafat kare to khilafat ka matlab opposition hota so hai basic lack of knowledge of the urdu language so urdu mein opposition jo hota hai urdu mein opposition mukhalifat khilaf se hota hai khalifa se hota khilafat तो अब इस तरह की जब लीडरशिप हो तो उसको क्या कह सकते हैं और आजकल उसके बाद फिर लेफ्टिस्ट ने पूरा उसको वाइट करने का प्रोजेक्ट बनाया अभी हमारे अशശി तरूर जी उस दिन कह रहे थे तो मैंने उनको ट्वीट में लिखा तो ये तो बताइए कि अगर वो जो थे कि इट वाज ओनली अ कोइंसिडेंस के हिसाब से ये तो एक किसान आंदोलन था और क्योंकि जमींदार अधिकतर हिंदू थे इसलिए इसको हिंदू का रूप दे दिया गया तो ऐसा आंदोलन हुआ जिसने 10000 लोगों की हत्या कर दी और उसके बाद कुंदा मोहम्मद हाजी को अमीर बनाया गया वहां पर अली मुसलियार जो कादरी थे आदरी सूफी थे जो उसके जो मुख्य कर्ता दरता थे और कुंदा हाजी को गया उसके बाद उन्होंने वहां कर दी आपको पता क्या होता स्टेट आपको का मतलब दायश जो एक्सरोनिम है आप जानते हैं ना दायश क्या है आईसीसी और दायश है दौला अल इस्लाम अल सीरिया तो ये दौला अल इस्लाम आईसीसी वहाँ पर स्टैबलिश किया गया था ये भी मैंने इनफेक्ट अगर आप देखें तो चैप्टर बालाबार करेंगे से पहले चैप्टर टू में मैंने ये लिखा हुआ है कि uh, by cementing a pact with the religious leaders of the Muslims, Mahatma Gandhi achieved the following. Number one, a recognition that Muslims would be approached only through their religious leadership. So, he actually is made it formal that Muslims would be approached only through their religious leadership. Number two, a recognitions that Muslims would prefer religious issues, however regressive, to secular issues like Home Rule or Suraj. Number three, a concession of respect for Islam to Muslims in the form of inclusion of Islam in sarva dharma samabhava as a dharma. Because Sanatanis never regarded Islam as a dharma. They always regarded it as a dharma or vidharma. And they steadfastly stuck to their principle of exclusivity of ummat. They are one sided concession over here. We are inclusive, but they remain exclusive. So, if there are two parties meeting, one is exclusive, the other is, is inclusive. So the exclusivists actually take over the inclusivist as simple as that. And then there is no inclusion left. Then number four, the normalization of the aggressive behavior of Muslims without seeking any concession from them. You And aggressive behavior normalized so this is how i have summarized this uh, what happened as a result of this uh, misadventure the great misadventure of uh khilafat movement and uh, why i have penned this is also because i also see these kind of concessions happening even today
2: sir uh, the full form of isis daula al fi al iraq wa
3: al sham
0: al sham yes yeah. <laughs> संदीप सर नमस्कार
3: सर मैं ये पूछना चाहता हूं कि आपकी जो ब्रेकिंग इंडिया है वो हिंदी में कब उपलब्ध हो रही है और सर आपने टीपू सुल्तान ने जो नरसंगार किया था जब वो उस्ने मालाबार में और इन सब में वो भी आपने अपनी बुक में लिखा हुआ
0: है या नहीं नहीं टीपू सुल्तान का तो सुल्तान कोई, इसमें का कोई uh,
2: Sanjay ji, I would also like you to uh, touch upon uh, the, the Kashmir Islamization of Kashmir when it began and how it transpired.
0: Uh, yes, uh, it is there, I think chapter 18 of the book. Uh, the Islamization begins again with another misad- misadventure when uh, this guy called Shah Amir was given refuge in Kashmir by its uh, last stable king, King Sahadev, of the Lohara dynasty. And uh, as it often happens, Kashmir was a very, very small demographically at that point of time, valley. Uh, I think the population couldn't have been more than two, two and a half lakhs at that point of time. And uh, with his uh, machinations and uh, also, the some foolishness on part of the people of Kashmir, Hindus of Kashmir. And we had this uh, Renchen, a Buddhist, coming from Ladakh and he wanted to become a Shaiv. He wasn't allowed to. Then, out of revenge, he became a Muslim. Then uh, he married the uh, Queen Kuta Devi. Then he died. All that kind of thing, you know, there's about 20 years of uh, tremendous confusion before Shamir became the potentate.
2: So, please elaborate the story, this one.
0: (laughs) You want me to read it out?
2: Yeah, you can read it out or tell us the story.
0: Uh, I think uh, Sahadev was king till uh, 1320, yes. He was there till he gave shelter and position to. Shah Amir, who was from Swat Valley. And uh, as it often happens with the Indians, that they think that the uh, other person also follows these same kind of principles that they do. We've seen this repeatedly, and most notably with the with, with Chohan and with uh, Alaya Ramarai of uh, Vijayanagar Empire. If you remember what happened in Vijayanagar Empire in the Battle of Talikot was that uh, two of their principal generals he had appointed, they were Afghans, Gilanis, And they defected. And they defected at a point when the battle had almost been won. And they defected and the battle was lost. And Ramarai was so secular that he used to keep another throne next to the throne on which he used to sit and used to keep the Quran on it. So, this is what secularism usually brings about in India, but we don't seem to learn. And we seem to tear into that error again and again. The same was similar was the error that um, Sodeh got into. And once he died, and then there was a confusion, then uh, there there was this Buddhist who came from, uh, Renchen, who came from Ladakh, became a general first, then he became very influential, then he wanted to become a shaiva, He wasn't allowed to. Then he got into the spell of this guy called Bulbul Shah. He must have heard of Bulbul Shah. Bulbul Shah was a Sufi. But there is no Sufi in this world who puts the so-called tariqat. The Sufism is called tariqat in India. And there is no Sufi who puts tariqat over Shariat. Shariat always prevails. Whenever there is a Contest between Shariat and Tariqat, Shariat will prevail. So that, that's something that we never seem to learn. And then he converted this guy. Then uh, somehow he managed to uh, marry in the royal family, Uta Devi, which, uh, the, the famous queen. Then uh, he died mysteriously then Udayan Dev remarried Devi. He made Shah Amir his general and finally Shah Amir managed to take over the state, just like Heather Ali had taken over the Mysore state. Oh, from then onwards, it was downhill. At the point that Shah Amir got into the position, the Muslims there, maybe they were not more than five percent and uh, I think within another uh, after uh, his uh, successors two or three successors then he was succeeded by uh, I think his fourth successor was uh, this guy called Sikandar butchikan and Sikandar butchikan just before Sikandar butchikan the guy called this uh, Shah Hamadan Ali Hamadan Shah Ali Shah Hamadan had come he was a Kubravi Sufi so he laid down the 16 rules I don't know whether you read those 16 rules. If you read the Zimma of Omar, then you would know that the rules of the code of Shahi Hamadan is actually the code of Omar. The code of Shahi Hamadan. Number one, the Muslim ruler shall not allow fresh constructions of Hindu temples and shrines. Number two, no repairs to the existing Hindu temples and shrines shall be allowed number 3 hindus shall not use muslim names number 4 they, hindus shall not ride a harnessed horse number 5 they shall not move about with arms number 6 they shall not wear rings with diamonds number 7 they shall not deal in or eat bacon number 8 they shall not exhibit idolatrous images murti aap bahar nahi le ja sakte they shall not build houses in neighborhoods of Muslims. Number 10. Uh, they shall not dispose of their dead near Muslim graveyards, not weel, nor weep, nor wail over their dead. Could not even mourn your dead. They shall not deal in or buy Muslim slaves. Well, no, slavery is an integral part of Islam, even today. Uh, the doctrine I'm talking about. No Muslim traveler shall be refused lodging in the Hindu temples and shrines where he shall be treated as a guest for three days by non Muslims. No non Muslim shall act as a spy in the Muslim state. Number 14 No problem shall be created for those non Muslims who, on their own will, show their readiness for Islam. 15. Non-Muslims shall honor Muslims and shall leave their assembly whenever the Muslims enter the premises. And number 16. The dress of non-Muslims shall be different from that of Muslims to distinguish themselves. And Now, those who have read the rules that uh, Hitler imposed on the Jews, please tell me what is different.
2: Except for the yellow star, everything is the same.
0: <laughs> and of course, add the Jaziya. Yeah. The, the Jaziya, of course, is not uh, written here because Jaziya is a part of the Shariat itself. 9.29, Quran 9.29. So that lays down the basic relationship or seer with the non-believers. So it is in these conditions that uh, the Sanatan Dharma started withering away. And uh, then, under Sekandar Bhoshikan, they uh, imposed complete dominance. That was the time when they this uh, Marthand temple was destroyed. A lot of other temples were destroyed. After that, then there was a period of relative calm. And then, in the 16th century, there was another tyrant, Fateh Shah. That was the time. This was the time. The first exodus, Sekandar Bhoshikan. Then time of Fatah Shah, he was influenced by the nur Sufis, Nur-Bakshi is a Shia sect. So the Nur-Bakshi Sufis, uh, they held sway. The Chaks from the Dardars from the Dardistan, that is what is called the gilgit baltistan today, they became very influential. So that is the time, the second exodus. Then uh, <clears throat> I think around 1580 or so it came under the Mughals. Then uh, under the Mughals Jahangir is reputed to have a destroyed part of the Shankaracharya temple and then Nur Jahan had taken those uh, uh, something some building material from there that was destroyed and put it in a mosque down in downtown Srinagar. So much for the tolerance of the Mughals. Then uh, Aurangzeb of course was Aurangzeb so during Aurangzeb so that was the third exodus after Aurangzeb, after a little while, then the Durrani's of the Afghanistan and Ramachand Dali, they captured um, Kashmir from 1752 to 1819. That was the time of the fourth exodus. Then in 1819, Kashmir was liberated by Maharaja Ranjit Singh. And then from 1819 to 1947, it was under sikh and hindus in 1845 the dogra ruler came then 1947 it uh, when after independence sheikh abdullah became the prime minister in march 1948 and that's another chapter then again it became a de facto muslim rule it's never been a non muslim rule in there and even today they claim that they have the right to rule there as muslims even though the state was actually taken over by india from a hindu ruler whatever so that is the brief um, history of kashmir
2: i would also like to add by the way that uh, sultan sikandar butchikhan that he mentions butchikhan actually means idol breaker wala. and in fact it was only after Sangam talks that i discovered that hindu kush mountains Hindu Kush actually means Hindu slayer. They used to take thousands of Hindus on foot to be sold into slavery into Central Asia, and many of them would die over there. So it's basically called Hindu killer. Hindukush means. <laughs>
1: कि अभी कब जब की तालिबान वह सरकार बना चुका है तालिबान आ चुका है और यहां 370 की पोजीशन पर यह वो कर रहे हैं तो कृपया करके सज्जेश जी डिटेल बतावे कि अब क्या प्रक्रौसर भारत सरकार को लेना पड़ेगा क्या वो मतलब कि केवल रहे के ही रहेगा या आगे तो यह बात एक बार एक एबीपी चैनल पर एक प्रोग्राम चल रहा था उसमें संजय सर ने कहा था एक कमेंट पे कि आप लोग बोलवे तो डायरेक्ट कुछ नहीं बोला मैं बोला तो आप लोग बोल रहे है। वहां से एक बेजबाक बना कि यार सारे पॉलिटिकल पार्टी एक दूसरे को इस रह कर रहे माने एक दूसरे को अपने और एक कुछ और है लेकिन वो कुछ थोड़ा अलग है कि जैसे पंजाब में एक कभी सर्वे आया है चैनल के द्वारा बताया जा रहा है कि एक खास पार्टी की सरकार बन सकती है और उसावा भी लादे तो उसावा भी लादे भी अफगानिस्तान कैसे है तोसावा भी लादे ने हाबित बै सगब डॉक्स पर राजीव जी का कि मतलब लेक्चर सुना था वहीं से मैं बात बोल रहा हूं कि उस सभा बिल्ला दे दे बोला था हबीब जी वो कि भैया वहां के बच्चों को नसरी बनाया जाए और अगर पंजाब के बच्चों को नसरी बना देते हैं तो पंजाब से मैं बैगोल तो खबर जाएगा पूरा पूरा तो
0: अजी पहला इशू आप वो तालिबान वाला मैं ले लेता हूं कि एक तो हमारी समस्या ये है कि हम तालिबान को समझते हैं कि तालिबान जो है आईडिया ऑफ पाकिस्तान से कुछ अलग है तालिबान खुद कहती है कि वो एक देवबंदी इदारा है देवबंद कहां है देवबंद तो हमारे ही है, है। देवबंद की क्या फिलॉसफी है वो आप, आप कि तालिबान की क्या फिलॉसफी देवबंद की फिलॉसफी कहां से आती है देवबंद की फिलॉसफी तो हमारे यहां आप यदि आपने फतवा आलमगिरी पढ़ी हो हालांकि फतवा आलमगिरी हमको उपलब्ध नहीं कराई जयपुर डायलॉग तो उसका ट्रांसलेशन हिंदी में करार आया शीघ्र उपलब्ध करा देगा तो यह सारी की सारी फिलॉसफी शुरू होती है अगर आप उसको के हिसाब से देखें तो यह देवबंदी की फिलॉसफी ट्रेस करते हैं तो पर जाती है और और जो मकतुबात है उनके जो पत्र व्यवहार है शेख अहमद सरिंदी का वो आपका जो बेसिक टू नेशन थियरी का जो आइडिया है वो लेड ऑन करता है वहाँ पर और फिर शेख अहमद सरिंदी के कारण ही जहाँगीर ने सबसे पहले बुरु अर्जुन देव का कत्ल करवाया था ये मैटर ऑफ फैक्ट है 1606 में और वो जो फिलॉसफी है एक डोमिनेशन की एक कंप्लीट इस्लामाइजेशन की उसी के अलग-अलग रूप हैं पाकिस्तान और तालिबान और इस पुस्तक में मैंने आपको मैं एक मिनट में इंडेक्स देख बता देता हूं इसका ये जो जो आप पूछ रहे हैं इसका जो पूरा उत्तर है वो इस पुस्तक में ही है तो आपको कहीं अधिक इधर देखने की आवश्यकता ही नहीं है और वो है आपका ये देखिए चैप्टर 36 इंपैक्ट ऑफ नलिफिकेशन ऑफ आर्टिकल 370 ऑन पाकिस्तान ये जो है और इसका फिर चैप्टर 39 है फेटल ब्लो टू पाकिस्तानस न्यू मदीना और वो आप पार्ट 1 में जो हिस्ट्री ऑफ पार्टीशन मैंने ट्रेस किया है और हिस्ट्री ऑफ पार्टीशन में देवबंद और बरेलवी के बीच में जो टसल हुआ है पहले आपको वो देवबंदी का जो बता रहा था वहां से जब शुरू होता है कि जहांगीर के बाद में उसका जो बेटा है शेख मासूम वो शाहजहां के दरबार में बहुत इंपॉर्टेंट होता है और वो जो है वो औरंगजेब का पीर है औरंगजेब उसका मुरीद है औरंगजेब एक नक्शबंदी है लक्षबंदी सूफी और औरंगजेब के साथ में उसका पर्सनल कंसर्ट के रूप में मेंटर के रूप में शेख मासूम ने अपने बेटे सैफुद्दीन को उसके साथ में रखा था और उनकी गाइडेंस ने फतावा अलमगिरी फॉर्म हुई थी but उसके बाद जो उसके जो Chaitata, अलंबिरी Joha जो रचयिता थे जो मुख्य रचयिता तो उसके जो है उसके वो तो शेख was Shah Abdul Rahim, and the other thing is that the other thing is थे वो शाह अब्दुल रहीम थे वो भी नक्शबंदी थे that the other thing is that the other thing is शाह वली बुल्ला वो थे जिन्होंने पानीपत की लड़ाई में आप, आपके अहमद शाह अब्दाली को भारत बुलाया था और उनका समझौता करवाया था नजीबुद्दौला से और आसफुद्दौला से। He was the man who crafted the 1861 Battle of Panipat against Marathas. क्योंकि उनके अनुसार जो है वो भारत जो है वो दारुल हर्ब बन गया था मराठाओं के अंडर, और उसको वापस दारुल तो शाह वलीउल्लाह की जो लेगेसी है वो अल्टीमेटली देवबंद में रिफ्लेक्ट होती है और जब बात आती है यहां पर इनका स्किज्म कब हुआ बरेलवियों का और उनका दैट इज 1825 ये बात है 1825 में जब इनके जो चेले थे आपने सैयद अहमद बरेलवी बालाकोट में जिसकी मृत्यु हुई थी उसका नाम सुना होगा सैयद उसका जो साथी था शाह इस्माइल जो कि शाह अब्दुल अजीज यानी शाह अब्दुल्ला शाह वलीउल्लाह के बेटे का भतीजा था यानी शाह वलीउल्लाह का पोता था उस उनकी दोनों के उन्होंने जिहाद किया उन्होंने महाराजा रंजीत सिंह के विरुद्ध जिहाद किया और उनका अल्टीमेट प्लान था कि उसको जिहाद करके पूरे भारत को लिबरेट करेंगे फिर से उसको दारुल इस्लाम बनाएंगे तो वो पालाकोट में मारे गए में मेरे से और उनके जो चले थे आपके मौलाना गंगोही और मौलाना थानवी और मौलाना ननोत्वी इन तीनों ने मिलकर 1866 या 1867 में देवबंद में ये अपना दारुल उलूम इस्टैब्लिश किया और उस समय राजधानी कलकत्ता हुई हो होती थी तो उन्होंने बहुत सोच समझ के बहुत दूर इसको किया ये लग बात है कि आज बिल्कुल जो बरेलवी थे उनका और देवबंद का जो डिफरेंस ऑफ ओपिनियन है वो और किसी चीज में नहीं है लोग समझते हैं कि साहब जो कहते हैं कि साहब के सूफी पीसफुल होते हैं मैं उनसे कई बार पूछता हूं कि भैया ये बता दो कि क्या ये शरीयत को नहीं मानते हैं या क्या ये अह इस्लाम को नहीं मानते हैं क्या जितने भी बड़े-बड़े वैसकर्स हुए हैं हिंदुओं के उसने सूफियों का रोल नहीं रहा है सूफियों का ही रहा है एक्सक्लूसिव रोल, कोई भी दंगा ऐसा नहीं जिसमें देवबंदी इन्वॉल्व है, ये सब ब्रेलवियों ने किया, सूफियों ने, लेकिन जो थॉट है ब्रेलवी का, वो जो जो अशराफ मुल्ला मोलाना जिनको मैं बोलता हूँ, वो अधिकतर देवबंद में, तबलीगी जमात क्या है, देवबंद का ऑफिस ह और उस देवबंद को हमारे यहाँ पूरी मान्यता मिली हुई है देवबंद सिखाता है देवबंद कहता है उनकी किताब है उनका जो बेसिक ग्रेजुएशन कोर्स है उसमें उनकी अलहदाया पढ़ाए जाती है अलहदाया में कहा हुआ है कि जिहाद दीने हक की ओर बुलाने और उससे इंकार करने वाले को करने वाले से जंग करने को कहते इस प्रकार की शिक्षा दिया जाना किसी भी प्रकार से उचित कहा जा सकता है पार्टीशन के टाइम पे देवबंद हुसैन अहमद मदनी ने बोला कि हम कौमियत मुत्तहिदा में यकीन रखते हैं मुत्तहिदा मतलब कंपोजिट नेशन कौमियत मुत्तहिदा मतलब कंपोजिट नेशन ने सूफियों ने वैसे तो ये भी नक्षबंदियों के एक सिलसिले के बात शुदा हैं देवबंदी भी लेकिन बाकी जो सारे तरीके और सिलसिले हैं वो सब बरेलियों के अंदर में क्योंकि इनका झगड़ा प्रॉफिट के स्टेटस को लेके है इनका झगड़ा काफिर के स्टेटस को लेके नहीं है इनका झगड़ा प्रॉफिट के स्टेटस को लेके है एक एक ग्रेट मैन महापुरुष, ये झगड़े का आज का कारण है। उनके पास इल्म आया भय और वो हाज़र नाज़र हैं, ये भरेल्वी कहते हैं। और ये कहते हैं कि नहीं, ये सब है वो ये डिवाइन एट्रिब्यूट्स ये इनके पास नहीं सकती, ये तो सिर्फ इंसान है कामिल है। तो उससे जो है हमलोग जो है वो मूर्ख बने इसका कोई कारण नहीं है मैंने पूरा डिटेल दिया हुआ है इसमें और एक सूफिज्म मेथन रियलिटी पे चैप्टर 40 जो है ये पूरा एक चैप्टर भी लिखा हुआ तो देवबंद ने कहा खौमियत औ तायदा है बरेलवी और जुदा गाना है यानी सेपरेट नेशंस टू नेशन बाद में में थी थी दोनों की की और की जिसने हुसैन अहमद मदीने साफ-साफ कहा था कि हमारे और आपके जो हमारे और आपकी जो मंजिल है वो एक ही है और वो मंजिल क्या है कि इस बड़े-सगीर को पूरा जो है इसमें हमें पूरे बड़े-सगीर में इस्लाम नाफिस करना है हुसैन अहमद मदीने का स्वयं और उसके बाद उन के एक आदमी जो थे शब्बीर अहमद उस्मानी चले गए इनके जिन्ना के साथ में دوسرے جو ہے وہ اپنے کیا بولتے ہیں جمعیت علماء ہند بنا کے کہتے رہے کہ صاحب के साथ में ये सब नाटक बहुत हुए इसमें जो है वो देवबंद की असलियत क्या है वो जब तक नहीं समझेंगे तब तक आप तालिबान नहीं समझ सकते तब तक आप पाकिस्तान नहीं समझ सकते और पाकिस्तान की जो तरबियत है जो पाकिस्तान चाहता है वही तालिबान चाहता है कहां से पैदा हुआ पैदा तो देवबंद है पाकिस्तान के जितने ये पड़े तो मदरसा हक्कानिया में ही हैं जो है जो कि देवबंद का इदारा है तो मदरसा मदरसा हक्कानिया वाले हैं ये अरोक क्या है अरोका शरीफ आप सिंध नदी पार करेंगे उसके थोड़ी देर में 30 40 किलोमीटर पे पड़ेगा काबुल नदी के बगल में तो जब आप कहते हैं कि साहब के तालिबान का इसके ऊपर क्या असर पड़ेगा तो मैं काउंटर क्वेश्चन करता हूं کہ اپ پاکستان کا کیا اثر دیکھتے ہیں جو پاکستان کا اثر ہے جو پاکستان کی طبیعت ہے جو پاکستان کی تربیت ہے جو پاکستان کے ارادے ہیں وہی طالبان کے ہوں گے سامانی سی بات ہے اور پاکستان کے کیا ارادے ہیں اپ चैप्टर 36 اور चैप्टर 39 پڑھ لیں پارٹیشن کے ٹائم پہ ہی انہوں نے وہ کلی اوپنلی इन क्या झगड़ा था? कि हमारी मंजिल एक है, एक ने कहा कि साफ़ कि आप इस पार्टिशन मत कीजिए, नहीं तो हमें बहुत दिखता आएगी बाकी जो भारत बचेगा, हिंदू भारत बचेगा उसको कन्वर्ट करने में। दूसरों ने कहा नहीं हम तो सुन्नत हजरत की सुन्नत फॉलो करेंगे जिस तरह से हजरत को जब तकलीफ हुई मक्का में और वो मक्का छोड़ के हिजरत करके मदीना चले गए उसी तरह से हम इस नए मदीने में जाएंगे ये पाकिस्तान हमारा नया मदीना है इस नए मदीने में हम हजरत की सुन्नत जैसे उन्होंने की थी और जिस तरह से उन्होंने अपने आप को मजबूत किया था मदीना में से हम मजबूत करके वापस दिल्ली वाली जो मक्का है इसके ऊपर हम वापस करेंगे और कश्मीर उसका रास्ता कश्मीर को फतेह करने के बाद हम जम्मू करेंगे फिर हम पंजाब करेंगे फिर पंजाब जब हम कर लेंगे तो फिर हम दिल्ली करेंगे फिर दिल्ली जब हम कर लेंगे तो फिर हम हमारा जो मेन एरिया है यानी जो जहां पर अलीगढ़ है जहां पर देवबंद है जो बरेली है यूनाइटेड प्रोविंसेस फिर हम उसको करेंगे हमें आखिरकार पूरे बररे सपीर पर इस्लाम नाफिस करना है मेरे ख्याल से इससे आपको स्पष्ट हो गया होगा कि तालिबान को ना देखें आप आप पाकिस्तान को देखें अगर आप पाकिस्तान के इरादे समझ जाएंगे तो आप तालिबान के भी इरादे समझ जाएंगे तालिबान के इरादे कतई अलग नहीं है सिर्फ जहां पर वो पश्तून नेशनलिज्म की बात आती है वहां पे उनकी टसल होती है पाकिस्तान से उसके अलावा कहीं नहीं
2: any hope of this social cancer to be recovered how shall we ever control it with sapka ideology
0: we cannot that is because that is exactly the folly we committed during partition and as einstein had said that repeating the same thing over and over again and expecting different results is simply insanity
3: uh so sanjay g um so my uh, one observation or I just want to share this thing uh, with everybody that it seems like the history is just coming full circle repeating itself now Taliban in Afghanistan and somebody will say boss you come over to India and make it again Darul Islam or whatever then we will have a lot of whatever happens. Second like now some portions of India are getting into the hands of Christians especially the southern state of Tamil Nadu and Andhra Pradesh. And I'm not sure how this is seen by people who still have that, uh, you know, dream of making India a Darul Islam or whatever. So I don't know if you have any opinion about that. That's one. Second well, is I my have main question. Of
0: opinions, but I don't think that's the subject today.
3: I know. So uh, so if time permits, please do share. But anyway, my main question was about uh, you know the northwestern frontier province, uh, which. Which played a role, I think, a a big role uh, during the independence time and immediately post after that. Second is even uh, Afghanistan, and uh, you know there is some—I don't remember the name—a group in Pakistan which says that oh, this should be part of Afghanistan because they don't consider Durand Line as the as the as the line and all of that. And I don't know if if that plays into any of this Kashmir politics. Um, So if you have any information, opinion, you can share that would be wonderful. Thank you.
0: Durand line is is a standing issue, and it is uh, uh, a very important issue as far as the Pashtun ethnicity is concerned. Uh, This is one point on which the religious identity has not been able to suppress the ethnic identity the otherwise ummat is supposed to be one but uh, on this point it has not been able to suppress the ethnic identity of the Pashtuns and this is a sore point which that plays out that uh, fault line plays out and again and again and it is up to India to exploit that uh, that is a uh, point number one a uh, point number two if you say Kashmir I am quite confident the Kashmir the militarily the situation is completely different as it was after the end of the first afghan war with the russians and the military is quite capable of uh, thwarting the uh, threat from pakistan or threat from these renegades who come across Uh, my personal opinion is that they would be too caught up uh, within with their own intern assigned battles to be able to concentrate on india for some time and uh, the ttp will of course keep the Pakistani is busy. So that is is as far as the military part is concerned. The problem is not there. The problem is uh, that uh, Pakistan is not a territory. Pakistan is an idea. And that idea is present in large number among large number of people within India. And it gets exacerbated because uh, we do not uh, tackle it head on. And uh, we only talk of uh, uh, what is called politically correct solutions. That's not something that any politically correct solution can tackle. Because you saw what happened when America tried to be politically correct. It isn't the American military that lost. It is the American mind that lost it is the defeat of the american narrative because the american narrative never caught on to the roots of what islam thinks
4: i wanted a small clarification on one point uh it is regarding the seventh appendix uh, page number 296
0: yeah uh, liyaqat nehru agreement okay
4: yes sir in respect of migrants from east bengal west bengal some in tripura where communal disturbances have recently occurred it is agreed between the two governments that there shall be freedom of movement and protection in transit so uh, this excludes punjab now uh, i would uh, like to put my question here that mr tarik patek in one of his talks mentioned that Due to this very pact, due to the uh, Liyakat Nehru pact, non-Muslims, of, uh, non-Muslims were uh, systematically stopped from migrating to India. They were systematically stopped from taking refuge in India. So I wanted your take on that,
0: sir. Please read the footnote. Can you? Sure. No. Under the liaquat Nehru agreement, point number G. Please read it. The, except, the last point is G.
2: Except where modified by this agreement, the inter dominion agreement of December 1948 shall remain in force. There is no footnote.
0: Yeah, it's a G. So, Punjab is covered by these inter dominion agreements. Uh,
4: sir, could you enlighten us about the inter dominion uh, agreement between the two countries?
0: it's written in the uh, where it is discussed the inter agreements uh, a lot of things you know The earlier anybody could just uh, walk across then uh, there were certain inter agreements which were formalized in 1948 where it was necessary for people to uh, uh, have uh, what is called not exactly passports but uh, permits So the permit system was introduced in 1948 through that Dominion agreement, but the freedom of movement was very much there and that continues here, that freedom of movement. But Pakistan pulled a fast one. They said that, okay, that because of this, now we do not permit any Muslim to come to India. It is actually a violation of that agreement. And that is why I am on record a number of times I said that because Pakistan violates the agreement and it doesn't want to take any more Muslims from India. And you should also abrogate, annul, or repeal unilaterally in the Indus Waters Treaty. Why should we only be uh, sticking to the agreements that we have signed? It's not our burden alone. Annul this agreement. After all, the CAA is what? CAA is actually a movement on this agreement because this agreement has not been implemented in uh, mm, TOTO. That's why CAA amendment has become necessary. Otherwise, there would be no need. If you look at the Layakat Nehru agreement carefully, the CAA only formalizes what is there in this.
5: Uh, Sanjeev Ji, my question is given uh, the present day government, uh, do you think they have the will and the vision to save, save India from the clutches of jihadi leftist mindset? let's say uh, 20, 30 years down the line, how do you see India? Where would it stand? Uh, I think you hit
0: the nail uh, on the head. This uh, whole situation, this uh, whole battle has to be first fought in the minds, and to be able to fight it in the minds, one has to first grasp it fully. And unfortunately, the kind of statements that, is, that are coming from top leaders, they do not inspire much confidence. That shows a complete lack of awareness of what the situation is, what the idea of Pakistan is, how the idea of Pakistan operates in the mind of a, a populace, which actually controls it. It may be only four or five percent. But it actually controls through the tool of what is called takhleed. It is described in my book, I don't know whether you've read the book, if you haven't, please do. So Through the instrumentality of takhleed, they control the rest of the
5: 95%. So
0: they don't seem to understand that they're talking of same DNA. The same DNA belongs to the 95% who are obliged to follow that 5% who are supposed to be the elites. In fact, today I tweeted that uh, you don't understand the hierarchy of rights in Islam. The hierarchy of rights in Islam is very clear. Number one, rights of Allah. Number two, rights of elites. Then number three is the rights of the followers. And then mm, the rights of individuals. Then there are three categories which do not matter. That's non-believers, slaves, such categories. So uh, they don't have that basic understanding. What can I do? I am trying to explain it to them.
2: So we had this talk by Fayaz Ahmad, Faisiji, Pasmanda Muslims. You elaborated how they are used. You know, they are used as battle Fayaz the...
0: Ahmad was first brought on to Jaipur dialogues only.
2: So, I asked them, if you know that they are used and oppressed, have you ever considered, you know, aligning with Hindu organizations, or a home-run? I do ideology. Nahi aati. On one hand, they will insist on converting, and then they will not give them equal status, the Ashraf. The Pashmandas, they will convert, they will say that we are being oppressed, they can see that, but they will not come back to their Hindu No, utans. Nobody is
0: going to admit it publicly because uh, there is this uh, uh, huge punishment for apostasy in Islam. The biggest crime, bigger than kufr, is uh, irtadad, that is apostasy. Apostasy is the biggest crime in Islam, which uh, makes a man what is called wajibul qatal. Wajibul qatal means that uh, any and every follower of Islam can kill him without attracting any heavenly punishment.
2: And apostasy here means?
0: Apostasy here means of course they have a civic obligation not to do this. Uh, Because the country's criminal laws uh, do not permit uh, Sharia law, but if they had Sharia law applicable to them, it would not be a crime. Under Sharia law, killing an apostate is not a crime. So therefore, you do not expect and should not expect and should not even ask anyone. In fact, it is uh, brave enough uh, of him to come onto the open and challenge the elite. The first... Talk that I had with Fayaz Ahmed was titled, Pasmanda ki Zanjeer Takhleed. Anybody who understands Islam will understand what I'm talking about.
6: Uh, tamashkar,
0: Namaskar. Mine is
6: an observation. Right, that please. Up till the ninth century, even in Afghanistan, we had Hindu rulers, and it was very much a Buddhist predominance by the ninth century. What I feel is Hindushai
0: kingdoms till ninth century.
6: Hindushai ninth and ninth by the ninth century it was predominantly Buddhist that had come up. Hindus were there before that, and they were still there till the 16th, 17th century. But till the ninth century they were ruling, the Buddhists were ruling, or the kings were aligned to that school of thought. What my observation has been that after Ashok when he adopted Buddhism and propagated it on a very wide scale, we lapsed into a very complacent mood, not realizing that Ashok took up ahimsa when he had eliminated all opposition. Nobody had the strength to challenge him. So you could talk about peace and you could have a peaceful. And that continuity kept on in the later years also. And Again, our philosophy or our thinking was that a dialogue is the best method. War is at the last resort. And you try all means of dialogues. And over the years, maybe personal gains by various rulers, you had Islam coming up. And Islam, again, is a very, very violent, in my thought. It is not uh, aggressive and violent, School of thought which believes only in conversion, whether you agree with it or not. I mean, that is their main aim. So we have to fight that first. We have to become mentally very strong to stop that, and then only we can come up physically. I
0: broadly agree with you, but the point is that uh, in a, in in order to be able to what the idea, you have to first understand the idea, which I think uh, uh, our top leadership, uh, either doesn't understand or doesn't want to understand or doesn't want to articulate one of the three, but the effect is the same. And uh, this uh, second part, uh, but what you observed, is quite right, because uh, uh, this is basically a, a seeking what it, it, it is seeking uh, destruction of uh, the universe. So that they could safely migrate, the elite, that is, they could safely migrate to the eternal heaven, the Jannat. That is what the aim is. It says that, okay, let's say the world has to be first converted. And as soon as it is converted, then they are not looking for any a great and prosperous empire or a peaceful existence in the world. As soon as it is fully converted, they seek to bring in the last day of judgment. So with that kind of uh, nihilistic aim of uh, uh, this so-called religion, uh, their position is very clear. So they've got to be violent. They will use any and every method because all those guys are all waiting there in the graves to go to their Jannat. uh, all the uh, Ghazis and everybody the Mujahids and everyone uh, they are also all waiting to go to Jannah so they are to destroy everything before they can go to Jannah so destruction is a great incentive.
1: Yes, I would like to a suggestion in the Japanese dialogue from Sri Tufail Ji has told about Islam and Muhammad's brief introduction to Ali Sinaj Ji's ki book Understanding Muhammad is a relevant book. Hai. Wow, I think that is an ocean. But
0: you could probably read somebody like uh, Kalawai Venkat, He's done some good work and written a book which is specifically meant for uh, uh, the Hindus.
2: There is a question from Avichal Ragubansi. TV serials और movies में जितना भारतीय संस्कृति को criticize किया जाता है, उससे अधिक तो इस्लाम को करना चाहिए। क्या मीडिया वाले डरते हैं क्या?
0: 100% percent is कोई शक। सरतन से जुदा हो जाएगा एक
5: Sanjay follow question tha, You given the kind of experience you have and the and close how closely you have looked into the indian system of administration what would be the steps in the right direction to you know arrest the growing dominance of uh, these two the unholy nexus that you can say
0: well, enforce the rule of law as it is you know that i was uh, three months into my first posting as stm mount abu uh, i had a, a communal flare-up which uh, I managed to control with great danger to my own life and uh, then the seniors came along to supervise, which they didn't need to because I had already controlled it. Well, uh, Then they said that, okay, the arrest seemed to be lopsided. I said I've arrested only those who created the trouble. Why should I arrest anybody from the other side who have not created the trouble? In fact, when I asked them to stay back, they stayed back. They were, there was a crowd of 5,000 on one side, Hindu crowd, and there were 200 Muslims who created the trouble. Look at the audacity. And uh, they actually attacked the procession. It was simply, after an agreement, they were only saying Bharat Mata ki jai. And still they attacked them. So I uh, arrested all the troublemakers. They said that no, 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 no. So, so you've arrested only one Hindu and you've arrested uh, 25 of these people. <laughs> these are the people who were there right in front of me creating trouble and not honoring the agreement which they had entered sitting at the police station. So, what do you want me to do? And they wanted to balance it out. I refused. So I was
2: transferred. Sir, you the media. Please, please,
0: please. <laughs> अब तो मैं भी मीडिया वाला हूं आप भी मैं तो मीडिया वाले
2: हैं आप भी मीडिया वाले हैं
0: <laughs> अब तो मैं भी मीडिया वाला हूं नमस्ते जय हिंद वंदे मातरम